Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning, everybody, and I hope you're having a fantastic day so far. I'm certainly enjoying having the sun out once again. And we're carrying on through our devotionals in, in Zechariah, and we're in Zechariah 3. And as I was saying yesterday, Zechariah 3 is just one of the most fantastic chapters, really, I think, in, in the Old Testament or even in the Bible as a whole. It's, it's, it's a fantastic chapter with lots to unpack. And we're just going to be working through it uh, this week. And uh, yesterday, just to give a reminder of the story, we have this vision of uh, Joshua, the high priest of Israel, standing in the presence of God, standing in the throne room of God. And he's standing face to face with the angel of the Lord. And then onto the scene comes Satan. And Satan starts to uh, bring his accusations like a legal accuser in a court and starts to uh, say that Joshua is disqualified to stand in that place for God's people. He's disqualified to be in the presence of God. And if you remember, the interesting thing is none of Satan's accusations are false. Joshua is standing there in filthy clothes, in soiled clothes. In fact, God even says to Satan, this man is a brand, uh, a burning stick snatched from the fire. In other words, he was in the fire. And so, but then we still have Satan being stopped, being silenced by God. Now, this morning, I think we're moving into something so precious because this morning we're not just seeing Satan have his mouth stopped. We're not just seeing God coming to Satan and telling him to shut up. We now have God acting definitively to hollow out Satan's accusations, to make Satan's accusations untrue. And so let me read Zechariah 3, verses 1 to 5. It says this, Then the angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Joshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Joshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the other standing there, take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Joshua, he said, See, I have taken away your sins, and now I am giving you these fine new clothes. Then I said, they should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. What we're having, what we see here is a, as I say, a vision of God meeting Satan's accusations in action. We saw yesterday that he, he uh, silences Satan. But now what's he doing? Joshua is there in his filthy clothes. And so God, instead of just telling him to be quiet, he hollows out his accusation by coming down to Joshua. He takes away any basis for Satan's sneer by removing Joshua's filthy clothes and clothing him in pure vestments. The, the filthy clothing here is a, is a symbol, is an analogy for his uh, sin, for not only his sin, but for the sin of all of the people of Israel, that they've come back from exile, but they are still uh, acting the way that they were before. 
And so God has to remove their sin from them. That's why they're disqualified from serving God. But God will act and he himself will remove their sin. Notice he isn't telling them to just take their sin off or wash their own clothes. God is the one who takes it from them. But it also says that he is like a man, a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. In other words, the reason, Satan, I will not let your accusation stand against him is because I, the Lord, have snatched him from the fire for my own purposes. If God wanted to, he could have left his people there in the fire. But instead, he snatched them. And so the fact that he snatched them is a sign that he is going to act. You know, like what the New Testament says, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. And so really, this vision is a picture of the way that we stand before God. We stand as dirty, filthy, undeserving sinners. We don't deserve to be in his presence. We deserve to be in the fire. But God has snatched us from the fire. God says to all of us, are you not a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire? And though the devil stands there to torment and to sneer and to accuse and to say, you are a sinner. And we say, yeah, I am. But God has removed my filthy clothes from me. He has taken away my filthy clothing and he has clothed me with his pure clothing. He has clothed me with his righteousness. This is what Jesus' death on the cross achieves for us. This is what theologians tend to call penal substitution. The sins that were ours and the punishment that came with it, instead of landing on us, landed on Christ. And the righteousness that was his, his purity and his obedience before God, instead of being credited to him, is instead credited to us. There is this great exchange on the cross as Jesus, the righteous one, is treated like a sinner and as we, the sinners, are treated like the righteous one. It's an amazing exchange. We could do nothing to earn it. We can only receive it by faith. But it is showing that God has definitively acted to hollow out Satan's accusations against his people. And notice, it isn't just that God comes down and he takes away Joshua's filthy clothes. It's not just that he takes off the, the sin and says, all right, now dress yourself. I've, I've given you the first step. Now you have to go do the rest of the work and find your own clean clothes. He doesn't leave him standing there naked on the hunt for purity. As soon as those dirty vestments, as soon as his sin is taken from him, God immediately acts and he dresses him in his pure clothing, in his pure righteousness. He dresses us. When we come to him by faith, he takes away our dirty clothes and immediately, you can't even see the transfer, immediately dresses us in his purity, in his righteousness. And so just as quickly as we have faith in him and confess our sins and lay them at his feet, it's as though as we lay them at his feet, we open our eyes and find that we're dressed in his purity. What an amazing promise God gives us here. This is what God has done for his people through Jesus. But also, look that it says this. Turning to Joshua, he said, see, I have taken away your sins. 
I have taken away your sins. This is what the angel of the Lord says. Now, if uh, if Andy was right in what he said a few days ago, and, and I agree with him on this, most commentators do, but some people don't, that the angel of the Lord in Zechariah is Christ before he became a man, before he was incarnated. If this is a pre-incarnate Christ, then what is happening here is that Christ is turning to his people and saying, see, I have taken away your sins. Not your sins have been taken away from you. I have taken away your sins. That's what Jesus says to each one of us. When we look up and we see ourselves clothed in pure vestments, they're not ours. We haven't dressed ourselves in them. We still deserve to be in the filthy clothing. Satan is is not speaking a lie when he comes to us and says, you are a sinner that doesn't deserve to be in the presence of God. Yes, that's true. But like I said yesterday, what Martin Luther said, when Satan tells me I'm a sinner, he comforts me greatly since Christ died for sinners. He has clothed us in his purity. And really, this is an image that is so important to understanding the gospel because the Bible teaches that it's not enough merely to have our sins forgiven. If God just forgave our sins, that wouldn't be it. We also need a righteousness with which we can stand before God. I think this is, as I say, such a rich image and one that we should never um, forget or, or, or fail to, to linger on. This beautiful, beautiful image. I, I, I love the whole topic of penal substitution. I know it's a, it's a, it sounds just like an unnecessary theology word, but it's so beautiful. I love the image that it's as though there's a book. Everything wrong you've ever done is filling this book. And you turn every page, every sin you've ever done is there. And really, as you see that book, as you see everything you've ever done wrong, you look at it and you, you say, oh, my goodness. How could I ever stand in the presence of God? How could God ever love me? But on the other side, on the other hand, there's this pure book. There's no words in it. It's completely blank. And this is the book of Jesus's record of sin. There is nothing in it. But on the cross, as he comes to take away our sins, as he comes to dress us in his purity, it's as though we can just watch the words going from our book into Jesus's book, watching our sin be emptied and land in his. And suddenly God sees our book completely pure, completely clear, no words in it. Our account is it made empty by Jesus. That is the beauty of the gospel. Something that we should never fail to emphasize. Received by faith through God's grace, the perfect righteousness of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, words cannot express how great this gift that you offer to your people is. Though we stand before you in our dirty clothing, you would come to us and you would dress us in your purity. Lord, despite the fact that Satan's accusations are true, Satan's accusations speak no lie when they call us sinners, yet you hollow out his accusation. You take away any standing for that accusation by dressing us in your righteousness. And you treat us as righteous as Christ was. Lord, remind us of this every day. Stir our hearts with this truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.